0: Chapter Seven of Balsamo, the Magician, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The maid and the mistress. Gilbert had passed this time in unspeakable anguish. Balsamo was but a man, but he was a strong one, and the youth was weak. He had attempted twenty times to mount to the assault of the guest room, but his trembling limbs gave way under him, and he fell on his knees. Then the idea struck him to get the gardener's ladder, and by its means climb up outside to the window and listen and spy. But as he stooped to pick up this ladder, lying on the grass where he remembered, he heard a rustling noise by the house, and he turned. He let the ladder fall, for he fancied he saw a shade flit across the doorway. His terror made him believe it. Not a ghost. He was a budding philosopher who did not credit them, but— Baron Tavernay. His conscience whispered another name, and he looked up to the second floor. But Nicole had put out her light, and not another or a sound came from all over the house, the guest's room excepted. Seeing and hearing nothing, convinced that he had deluded himself, Gilbert took up the ladder and had set foot on it to climb where he placed it, when Andrea came down from Balsamo's room. With a lacerated heart, Gilbert forgot all to follow her, into the parlour where again she sat at the instrument, her candle still burned beside it. Gilbert tore his bosom with his nails, to think that here he had kissed the hem of her robe with such reverence. Her condescension must spring from one of those fits of corruption recorded in the vile books which he had read, some freak of the senses. But as he was going to invade the room again, A hand came out of the darkness, and energetically grasped him by the arm. "'So I have caught you, base deceiver. Try to deny again that you love her, and have an appointment with her.' Gilbert had not the power to break from the clutch, though he might readily have done so, for it was only a girl's. Nicola Gay held him a prisoner. "'What do you want?' he said testily. "'Do you want me to speak out aloud?' "No, no, uh, be quiet," he stammered, dragging her out of the antechamber, "then follow me," which was what Gilbert wanted, as this was removing Nicole from her mistress. He could, with a word, have proved that, while he might be guilty of loving the lady, the latter was not an accomplice, but the secret of Andrea was one that enriches a man, whether with love or lucre, "Come to my room," she said who would surprise us there not my young lady though she may well be jealous of her fine gallant but folks in the secret are not to be dreaded the honorable lady jealous of the servant i never expected such an honor it is i who am jealous for you love me no more in plainness nicole's bedroom did not differ from the others in that dwelling she sat on the edge of the bed and gilbert on the dressing-case which Andrea had given her maid. Coming up the stairs, Nicole had calmed herself, but the youth felt anger rise as it cooled in the girl. "'So you love our young lady?' began Nicole with a kindling eye. "'You have love trysts with her, or will you pretend you went only to consult the magician?' "'Perhaps so, for you know I feel ambition.' "'Greed, you mean?' "'It is the same thing, as you take it.' "'Don't let us bandy words. "'You avoid me lately.' "'I seek solitude. "'And you want to go up into solitude by a ladder? "'Beg pardon, I did not know that was the way to do it.' "'Gilbert was beaten in the first defences. "'You had better out with it. That you love me no longer or love us both that would only be an error of society for in some countries men have several wives savages exclaimed the servant testily philosophers retorted gilbert but you would not like me to have two bow on my string i do not wish tyrannically and unjustly to restrain the impulses of your heart liberty consists in respecting free will so change your affection for fidelity is not natural to some discussion was the youth's strong point he knew little but more than the girl so he began to regain coolness have you a good memory master philosopher said nicole do you remember when i came back from the nunnery with mistress "'and you consoled me in taking me in your arms, said, "'You are an orphan like me. "'Let us brother and sister through similar misfortune. "'Did you mean what you said?' "'Yes. "'Then, but five months have changed me. "'I think otherwise at present.' "'You mean you will not wed me? "'Yet, Nicole Gay is worth a Gilbert, it seems to me. All men are equal, but nature or education improves or depreciates them, as their faculties or acquirements expand they part from one another. I understand that we must part, and that you are a scamp, however could I fancy such a fellow? Nicole, I am never going to marry. But be a learned man, or a philosopher. Learning requires the isolation of the mind, philosophy that of the body." "'Master Gilbert, you are a scoundrel, and not worth a girl like me. But you laugh,' she continued with a dry smile more ominous than his satirical laugh, "'do not make war with me, for I shall do such deeds that you will be sorry, for they will fall on your head for having turned me astray.' you are growing wiser and i am convinced now that you would refuse me if i sued you nicole reflected clenching her hands and gritting her teeth i believe you are right gilbert she said i too see my horizon enlarge and believe i am fated for better things than to be so mean as a philosopher's wife go back to your ladder sirrah and try not to break your neck though I believe it would be a blessing to others, and maybe for yourself. Gilbert hesitated for a space in indecision, for Nicole, excited by love and spite, was a ravishing creature, but he had determined to break with her, as she hampered his passion and his aspirations. "'Gone,' murmured Nicole in a few seconds. She ran to the window, but all was dark. She went to her mistress's door, where she listened.' She is asleep, but I will know all about it tomorrow. It was broad day when Andrea de Taverney awoke. In trying to rise, she felt such lassitude and sharp pain that she fell back on the pillow uttering a groan. Goodness, what is the matter? cried Nicole, who had opened the curtains. I do not know. I feel lame all over. My chest seems broken in. "'It is the outbreak of the cold you caught last night,' said the maid. "'Last night?' repeated the surprised lady. But she remarked the disorder of her room, and added, "'Stay. I remember that I felt very tired, exhausted. It must have been the storm. I felt asleep over my music. I recall nothing further.' I went up hither half-asleep, and must have thrown myself on the bed, without undressing properly.' "'You must have stayed very late at the music, then,' observed Nicole, for before you retired to your bedroom I came down, having heard steps about.' "'But I did not stir from the parlor. "'Oh, of course, you know better than me,' said Nicole you must mistake replied the other with the utmost sweetness i never left the seat but i remember that i was cold for i walked quite swiftly when i saw you in the garden however you walked very freely I, in the grounds you know i never go out after dark i should think i knew my mistress by sight said the maid doubling her scrutiny "'I thought that you were taking a stroll with somebody.' "'With whom would I be taking a stroll?' demanded Andrea, without seeing that her servant was putting her to an examination. Nicole did not think it prudent to proceed, for the coolness of the hypocrite, as she considered her, frightened her, so she changed the subject. "'I hope you are not going to be sick, either with fatigue or sorrow. Both have the same effect.' well i know how sorrow's undermine. you do have you sorrows nicole indeed i was coming to tell my mistress when i was frightened to see how queer you looked no doubt we both are upset really queried andrea offended at the we both i am thinking of getting married Why? "'You are not yet seventeen, "'But you are sixteen, and—' She was going to say something saucy, but she knew Andrea too well to risk it, and cut short the explanation. "'Indeed, I cannot know what my mistress thinks. But I am low-born, and I act according to my nature. It is natural to have a sweetheart.' "'Oh, you have a lover, then—' You seem to make good use of your time here. I must look forward. You are a lady and have expectations from rich kinfolks going off, but I have no family and must get into one. As all this seemed straightforward enough, Andrea forgot what had been offensive in tone, and said with her kindness taking the reins, Is it any one I know? Speak out as it is the duty of masters to interest themselves in the fate of their servants, and I am pleased with you. That is very kind. It is... Gilbert. To her high amaze, Andrea did not wince. As he loves you, marry him, she replied easily. He is an orphan too, so you are both your own masters, only you are both rather young we shall have the longer life together you are penniless we can work what can he do who is good for nothing he is good to catch game for master's table anyway you slander poor girl bear, who is full of attention for you he does his duty as a servant "'Nay, he is not a servant. "'He is never paid. "'He is son of a farmer of ours. "'He is kept and does nothing for it. "'So he steals his support. "'But uh, what are you aiming at "'to defend so warmly a boy whom nobody attacks?' "'I never thought you would attack him. "'It is just the other way about.' "'With a bitter smile,' something more i do not understand because you do not want to enough i have no leisure for your riddles you want my consent to this marriage if you please and i hope you will bear gilbert no ill will what is it to me whether he loves you or not you burden me miss i dare say (laughs) said nicole bursting out in anger at last you have said the same thing to gilbert i speak to your gilbert you are mad girl leave me in peace if you do not speak to him now i believe the silence will not last long lord forgive her the silly jade is jealous exclaimed andrea covering her with a disdainful look and laughing. (laughs) Cheer up, little Legay. I never looked at your pretty Gilbert, and I do not so much as know the color of his eyes. Andrea was quite ready to overlook what seemed folly and not pertness, but Nicole felt offended, and did not want pardon. I can quite believe that, for one cannot get a good look in the night-time. Take care to make yourself clear at once said andrea very pale last night i saw andrea came a voice from below in the garden my lord your father said nicole with the stranger who passed the night here go down and say that i cannot answer as i am not well i have a stiff neck and return to finish this odd debate Nicole obeyed, as Andrea was always obeyed when commanding, without reply or wavering, her mistress felt something unusual, although resolved not to show herself, she was constrained to go to the window left open by Legay through a superior and resistless power. End of chapter Seven. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.